Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm Amelia Mahasuk. Today we're looking at a blockbuster quarter for US corporate earnings and why some analysts are worried the peak is here, or at least not far off. The FT's senior investment commentator, John Authors, talks to US equities correspondent Nicole Bullock about what it all means for the US stock market. Nicole, we've had two fantastic quarters for US earnings in a row, 25% up in round numbers, both for the first and the second quarter. And yet the S&P 500 is still agonisingly not back to... uh, It's high it sets back in January. What gives? Well, it would seem that we have gotten a bit of a tailwind in the market towards that record that was set in January, coming very close in recent sessions. But there are just a tremendous amount of uncertainty around some issues like a trade war. Seems to be that the consensus fear out there that could be the most dramatic halt to the rally and potentially even something that could put it into a correction would be an all-out trade war. While the market is not expecting that, it's not discounting that, no one really knows if that could actually happen. So that's one issue out there. Another issue is this group of tremendous high-flying tech companies known as the FANG, so Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Alphabet Google's parent, have been really the drivers of the last leg of the rally. And this year, we've started to see some concerns around the growth prospects there, primarily focused on Facebook. And that was a factor as well in the latest quarter. So is there some sense in which people have already priced earnings for perfection, or in fact, priced companies for perfection in their earnings six months ago now? Is that is that why the markets are still as stalled as they are? Strategists and analysts and investors believe that the market kind of discounts six months out. So that would definitely indicate that a lot of the good news is priced in. Another factor is that there's tremendous uncertainty about the outlook for 2019. So one of the the reasons that we've seen this tremendous growth this year and, and the expectation on Wall Street, the consensus estimate is for about 20% earnings growth year over year for 2018 for the full year is that it's being helped by this corporate tax cut that was agreed in December. Now, that's not accounting for everything, but it's certainly accounting for some of the profit growth that we've seen this year. And we're not going to have that next year. I mean, we will still have the the tax cut, but we won't have that easy comparison to the year before. And I suppose when you look at earnings, if you break it down, it's revenues and then the margin you make on those revenues – According to the figures you're quoting in your most recent stories about this, margins are now at an all-time record. Is that sustainable? Are people worried that we're going to start seeing margin compression? That's certainly one of the most burning questions for investors right now. So according to FactSet data, we did set in the second quarter a new high for margins at 11.8%. FactSet data goes back to about 2008. So there's a couple different schools of thought there. One is that one of the reasons why we have seen this steady march higher in margin is because of efficiency, that companies are using technology in ways they've never used it before, things like a kiosk at McDonald's and you know all of these ways that 
things have become automated and more efficient, and that is driving a more structural change in the way that companies operate. Or putting it more emotively, they're managing to work with fewer people. They're exactly. cutting people out of the equation, and that's making it exactly. more profitable. Or also using technologies in ways, in any number of ways, to figure out how to make their businesses more efficient. So some people believe that that indicates margins could go higher still. Then there are others who say that the numerous factors such as higher interest rates. So the Federal Reserve has begun to raise interest rates from those very, very low crisis era levels, and that increases costs for companies. We've had a move up in oil prices. We've had a move up in the dollar. And all of these factors put pressure on input costs. Earlier this year, there was a lot of concern about wage pressure, that as the economy gets stronger, we're going to start to see some of that be reflected in higher wages for workers. And all of those things do represent higher costs and potentially a threat to margins for companies. Now, certain sectors will be able to pass those higher costs on through rising prices. Some sectors may not. So there are investors who believe that it might ultimately come down to a situation of haves and have-nots, where some sectors can benefit from rising prices and some sectors will not be able to pass those costs on. Right. So ultimately, though, there does look as though there's a reason to believe that, that in terms of margins anyway, this is about as good as it gets. Obviously, there's uncertainty about trade war. There, there, there's a sense in which that makes you less confident about any prediction for the next 12 months, say. How much is the fact of the tariffs that are already there affecting perceptions. You know, we hear about Harley Davidson, the steelmakers and so on. Is that already affecting earnings and share prices? Certainly companies are already talking about the effects of these companies ranging from Coca-Cola to United Technologies have talked about either raising prices already or needing to try to pass some of those costs on. So it's definitely already starting to filter into the way that companies operate, the way they're thinking about their businesses. The other side of the equation, I guess, is revenues. Generally speaking, if the economy is growing, revenues growing, and vice versa. Are people less confident about the economy than they were 12 months ago when we were talking about synchronized global growth? Well, certainly the revenue picture has also been very strong in the second quarter. So we're looking at um, top line growth, which is not directly helped from a corporate tax cut of about 10%. So that's the most since 2011. So again, these are, the, you know, that that's coming on the strong economy, just creates demand and better revenue growth. There's a lot of questions about the picture going forward. And in fact, if you look at the 2019 Wall Street consensus estimates for earnings, it's 10%. And for revenue, it's 5%. And there are some people who say that's just a bit convenient, shall we say, these round numbers that could either be dialed up or dialed down, depending on how some of these issues like rising rates, growth in technology, and trade wars ultimately play out. So they're starting from kind of these numbers, nice round numbers that you can go up or down from. Another thing that we haven't talked about, which is also in the mix, and I think people will start to hear a lot more about once everybody comes back from their summer vacations after Labor Day, is midterm elections. Right. So there is a chance of even greater political uncertainty if we do have some major changes in Washington. Final question, Nicole. This is in many ways 
I feel like last year, the get out of jail free card for the administration, for the Fed, for the markets was the weakening dollar, which all other things equal makes it easier for you to make profits denominated in dollars if you're a US company. As it stands at the moment, the second quarter still looked like quite a nice combination. The dollar is strengthening hand over fist as we speak, not just because of Turkey. How much could that affect the equation? Are people worried about overseas profits and about the dollar getting much stronger? That's certainly a concern going forward once you start to lap a year-over-year strength in the dollar. So a lower dollar has certainly helped all of these multinational companies over the last several years who make a lot of money overseas. And if we are looking at a meaningfully higher dollar consolidating at that level, it's certainly another hurdle for these companies to jump. Okay, Nicole, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. That was the FT's Nicole Bullock speaking with John Authors. You can read Nicole's latest reporting on the US equities market at FT.com. We've linked to her recent story in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news, but in the meantime, if you're not already an FT subscriber, please do take a look at our latest offer, which you can find at ft.com forward slash offer. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.